take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. We start things out by going right to your phone calls. Michael is on the line. Normally, he's in New Hampshire, but he's in New York at the moment. Michael. You're on Free Talk Live. All right, gentlemen. Uh, good evening. I'm in the middle of uh, Midtown Manhattan at the Hotel Pennsylvania, uh, attending the Last Hope Conference. That's Hackers on Planet Earth. <laughs> and I, yeah, and I just wanted to give you a uh, real brief report of uh, what's been going on the first day and uh, what it might mean for freedom. Okay, great. So uh, I got here last night, and I was I was wearing my Ron Paul T-shirt when I arrived, and and just out of the woodwork here among hackers, I, I met uh, met a couple of Ron Paul supporters already. Uh, this morning, I actually met another FTL listener. Wow, who'd have thought? Who who also reads Anarchy in Your Head, Dale Everett's comic. Excellent. And uh, so far, it's been pretty good. I've I've been learning quite a bit about uh, RFID and. Uh, various ways that it can be used to track people. They've actually put an RFID chip in in almost everyone's conference badge. So really? <laughs> they're going to track people as they go around the hotel, around the conferences, and uh, they'll do data mining on that just to just to demonstrate how it works and how RFID can be used to track people and and classify them together and that and that sort of thing. So is this a so, weekend long conference? You're going to be there all weekend? Yeah, it's going all the way through Sunday night. Well, that's pretty cool. So the the people that you've met that are liberty-friendly, have you mentioned that you're a free stater and how they feel about the Free State Project? I actually had one who mentioned the Free State Project to me, and he's like, damn it, everyone's going to New Hampshire. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you might as well jump on the bandwagon then, dude. Yeah, definitely. Uh, It's better than Boston. It's certainly better than here. Absolutely. So, uh, well, that's awesome. Uh, keep up the good work out there. I, I figured as much that the uh, the hacker community, uh, at least some of them, might be liberty oriented. So it's it's good to hear that. Oh yeah, and I uh, I, I actually managed to get a Ron Paul button into the hands of Jello Biafra. Really? Who uh, apparently hates Ron Paul. <laughs> well, Jello's a tried and true socialist. Eh? I mean, is all you have to do is yeah, listen to the Dead Kennedys, and you'll realize, ah, oh, Jello's a socialist. And I have been promised a picture of Jello Biafra wearing a Ron Paul uh, button. Why would he do something like that if he hates Ron Paul? I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. Um, good question. Just for the just for the hell of it, I think. Let's uh, let's well, clear. Tell, some... tell him this: that uh, the free talk one of the Free Talk Live hosts is a huge Dead Kennedys fan. I don't think he cares. I bet he does. Which, which one of them is? Uh, well, you can believe that you can believe both Gardner and myself are big. Uh, Why would he care who Free Talk Live is? Because we're the biggest thing on the internet. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean by that? We're, we're the, we are the internet. Okay then. I think my co-host has uh, come down with some sort of uh, delusional problem tonight. Uh, hey, Michael, let's clear something up about hackers. They're not all bad guys, are they? No, hackers are not bad guys, and and it's not about. Um, it's it's not so much about doing damage or or breaking things. It's about being creative and doing things in new and innovative ways, uh, pushing the envelope of technology, if you will. Um, just the phone I'm calling you on here at the conference has uh, is actually an old Quest payphone, which someone has taken and wired up to a uh, voice over IP server here <laughs> at the hotel. Wow. 
And they've actually got two pay phones here, two old uh, rotary desk phones, which are hooked into the, the VoIP network, and one uh, Cisco IP phone. So not only do the hackers, uh, not only are they sort of known for, for breaking in digitally to different places, they aren't necessarily doing damage. It's just more of something that's challenging to them. They want to see if they can overcome the, uh, the various digital barriers, and many hackers are employed to do just that, to actually hack and see if they can break through to things. Yeah, that's called penetration testing. It's where uh, a company might hire you to check their security of their systems by actually trying to break into them. Right. And invariably, there's some way that you can get into a system like that because there's always, almost always, in a big corporate network, there's going to be something that that isn't patched. But, yeah, you're right. Hacking is, is about creativity. I mean, there's a whole section over here where they've got about two dozen soldering irons laid out, and you can buy these electronics projects from Make Magazine, who's here, and, and take them over to the table and, and just put them together. That's another thing, that there are a lot of websites out there about how you can hack into different devices, and you've mentioned some of the devices that they have there at the show, that you take them beyond their original specifications to you know be able to do things that it wasn't originally intended to do necessarily. Uh, so, for instance, some people have uh, taken... You know the guts from a Nintendo and put it into something else, or they've changed the iPhone around where you can do things you weren't supposed to be able to do, like access different cell phone networks, other things like that. Of course, it voids voids the hell out of your warranty, but the hackers don't care. It's their hobby. It's what they do for fun, and they can do some pretty neat stuff. Oh yeah, it, it's about fun. It's about the challenge. It, it, like I said, it's about pushing the limits of what you can do with technology and. Uh, like I said, with these phones, with this VoIP they've got here, they're just giving away free phone calls. And cool. uh, I, I just saw one guy here dial off to, uh, I don't know, Russia or somewhere. So, so, so they have a pay phone that they're giving. Here. Michael, they, they have a pay phone rigged up that they're giving free phone calls on? Over VoIP. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Why not make people pay? <laughs> What's 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 not to make sense of you? You pick up the payphone, you don't put a coin in, and you dial your number. There you go. Sounds like a lot of fun, man. I hope you enjoy yourself over there. Thanks for checking in tonight. We appreciate hearing from oh, you, man. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks, dude. Take it easy. 800-259-9231. Uh, probably being put on by 2600 Magazine would be my guess. Uh, probably the most noteworthy hacker magazine out there in what's the, in the, the world. What's the significance of the number 2600? I believe it's a it's a certain frequency of hertz tone. Back in the old days, uh, if you you know if you pull up the I don't know does the Anarchist Cookbook have that information? In? Anyway, there's back in the old days you could go and you could get uh, instructions on how to rig up what they call blue boxes, red boxes, or very different color boxes. And the colors don't actually have anything to do with anything. It just they signify what the box does. And so one of the most popular ones. I forget what the type of box it was called, but one of the most popular emulates the sound that a coin makes when you put it into a payphone. Really? So basically what they would do is they would, and I think it was the 2600 tone, I believe that's the, uh, the sound like of a quarter going into a payphone. And so essentially what they would do is they would create this little device, this little box that you could essentially hold up to the uh, receiver 
or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe you, maybe you had to wire it in. I don't remember exactly. Some phones, I think you could hold up to the receiver, and then eventually the the phone companies made it so the receivers are locked out. Like you, when you, you ever uh, notice how you pick up a, a a pay phone and you talk, you can't hear yourself until yeah. you make the call. You're, yeah, right. In the old days, you could hear. I guess you could hear yourself. You could play those tones into the receiver, and you could make free long distance calls on uh, the pay phones. So that's. Well, I think that's where twenty six hundred came from. But that's just me. I could be wrong. I'm not. You know, too immersed in the uh, in that particular field. You know, there's people growing up that uh, right now that probably have never even seen a payphone. Pay when phone? they see one, it's like a real rarity. Yeah, they are becoming more and more rare. They are there's rare. No doubt about it, it's that. It's fifty cents to yeah. make a call. It was a dime when I was a kid. I remember when it went to a quarter, <laughs> yeah. but it was a dime. Oh my! Yeah, well, that's inflation for you, right? Prices go up as they increase the money supply, as we talk about so often on this program. Yeah, I guess that's true. Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. Hey, anything goes on the show. You can call in, tell us your hacker stories if uh, if you want to. Of course, we had that story last night about the guy out in San Francisco who was formerly working for the city of San Francisco, decided to lock out their administrative area of their software, as I understood the story, and he's now holding the password. They're holding him in a jail cell, and they still can't get in. So, five million dollar bond, by the way. You know what? You, these government people, Mark, they better be very concerned, because if they piss off the hackers, it's over. Like they're lucky. They're just lucky at this point that the hackers have not made some sort of concerted effort to take down the information systems of the government. Because, really. It wouldn't be that hard. From what I understand... Are you trying to goad them? Is that what you're trying to do? The I'm hackers? not trying to goad them. I'm just saying... Hackers, I dare people. you to put a million dollars in my bank account. No, I don't want to I don't want to attract any attention like that. <laughs> but I'm just saying, the government people, they're going to cross a line someday, you know, maybe regulating the internet or something like that, where these hackers are going to declare digital war against the government, and, uh, you know, they're not going to be able to... They're not going to be able to take it, the government people. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want. That's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their site. Enjoy ours on us at freetalklive.com and enjoy the archives because they're right there on the front page of the website. You don't have to dig around, jump through any hoops. You just click and download for free at freetalklive.com. Now, in Chapter 6, Subterranean, Tad Galahad goes to hell. In hell, he finds nanobots, killbots, sexbots, supermodel clones, immortality, and a rocket ride off this pale blue dot. Go to freedom-engineering.com to learn more. That's freedom-engineering.com. Tom, your phone calls, we go to them. Stephen in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Stephen. Well, um, during a sort of debate, uh, kind of more of a discussion, uh, Somalia was thrown into my face as the perfect example of how come anarchy can't possibly work in the real world. <laughs> uh, so um, I, I afterwards... Look, I, mean, I didn't know what to say because, I mean, as far as I know, anarchy is this lawless country. I, I kind of tried to wiggle my way out of it, you know, but uh, I, I said, well, from what I understand of, of Somalia, uh, you have about a half a dozen or so 
different bloodthirsty gangs trying to uh, take control by use of force the the uh, the governmental apparatus that exists, uh, and, and that's not anarchy by any means. I mean, well, that's anarchy in the uh, the conventional sense, but it's not anarchy in the sense that. We're talking about. Yes. Uh, the situation in Somalia is an interesting one. Right. And Here we have one bloodthirsty gang that has taken col- um, hold of the uh, the government apparatus. Well, and you also have to go back to the roots of uh, where it came from. You could go real far back and talk about the tribal system and all that, but let's just go back to the the, uh, the earlier mid-1990s when mm-hmm. the U.S. government went in there and essentially wiped out what, ex- what was, the at that time, the Somali government. And right. they... You know, it was after that that the Somali people just decided they really weren't interested in having a government again. Um, now that that one was particularly gone, but they went in and they, you know, whenever you get rid of a government through force, it seems like every single time that happens, there are always strongmen willing to step in to try to uh, to wrest control for themselves. And you could talk about the warlords if you want to, but the warlords in many cases are actually providing legitimate protection services. So it it kind of depends on wh- which warlord and where they are. But the really interesting part is that the UN is the primary factor in uh, trying to reinstitute a government. So the U.S. went in there. This is all my understanding. I certainly don't live there, and I'm not really following the situation too closely. But the government ousted the, ex- the U.S. government ousted the existing Somali government. And ever since then, the U.N. and its cronies have been attempting to put their people in charge of Somalia. They've been attempting to, to create a new government uh, from, you know, essentially from the outside when the Somali people are rejecting that, for the most part. The Somali people have rejected that. They would rather go back to tribalism than, uh, than have this government foisted upon them by these outside interests. So that's kind of the, the, uh, the struggle that's continuing to go on in Somalia, in that there are, con- there are people that want to control that place, and they, they are willing to come in and, and use force in order to do it. It's not that the people in Somalia voluntarily said, we're done with this government, we've chosen to not deal with it anymore. It was taken out by force, and that 99 times out of 100 or every time in history has resulted in more violence into the future. Well, and, and another thing about the tribalism in, uh, in Africa is, well, you know, every time you see a country with uh, straight lines, and there are a great deal of them in Africa, um, you know, straight lines is mm-hmm. on their borders, you know that there's going to be, you know, a lot of strife because what you've done is you've taken the tribes that exist there and, and you sort of put democracy in. So the larger tribe or the more powerful tribe in some cases manages to get control of the government and then it d- generally sub subjugates to some level or another the less powerful tribe um, or smaller tribes. And so people in Africa don't want that crap. Who would? Who would want the, you know, the next guy, the next group of, uh, um, you know, that you don't belong to in charge? Because it's no good for you. They don't want you. uh, They're never going to let you get any kind of power. They're never going to let you have the good jobs. Somalia may be somewhat chaotic, but it's only because it hasn't really had a chance to uh, to exit the, the phase of chaos, which was started in in the 90s, despite what many of the Somali people might want. Again, they didn't choose to throw off their own government on a voluntary basis. It was just sort of thrown off, and then the, you know there was chaos to uh, to follow. But what's interesting yeah. about Somalia is that there is some level of a you know a freer market there than there is in the surrounding African countries that are still being ruled by despotic uh, dictators. In that you can go and get a landline phone service installed in Somalia faster than you can get it installed in the United States. Cell phones are all over the place. In 
in Somalia, and cell phone service is popping up everywhere. So to some extent, not having the government around has allowed for marketplace developments to happen that otherwise were not able to happen prior to that uh, in Somalia. There are more cell phones in Somalia, from what I understand, than anywhere else in Africa. So there are some interesting Um, things to look at. Certainly, and and what I, one of the things I checked was the CIA fact book, and the CIA fact book said, you know, it mentioned the things that you're mentioning, but it also said things like, well, despite that, you know, there's a le- there's electrical service uh, and it's it's steady, it's being provided, mm-hmm. uh, there, and and as you said, the cell phone, the telecommunications, is uh, is improved, but um, but talking about dictatorship, something you said reminded me of. Um, of the, the 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 tribal situation, I was in Africa. I've been there three times. Oh wow! I was in a country called uh, Equatorial Guinea. Um, it's the only Spanish-speaking country in Africa. I believe it's the only Spanish-speaking. It's one of the only, if it's, if it's not the only. And um, I saw firsthand. Well, first of all, you know, it was created by the uh, European powers. They drew a border and said, "Here, you people live together, or else." Okay. Um, and and I saw firsthand the uh, uh, American uh, military. Uh, aid that they provide and and uh, and uh, financial aid that they provide uh, with our tax money. Uh, there are helicopter gunships that fly through the capital city of Equatorial Guinea uh, just to let the populace know uh, you shouldn't probably shouldn't revolt. Mm. You no probably shouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's what they do with our money. With right. Our so, money. so it's easy to look at Somalia and say, aha, anarchy won't work, but it's not really mm-hmm. an example of what right. we want. We want to change the hearts and minds of people individually yeah. to get them to understand that voluntary interaction is preferable to coercive interaction and to get them to choose to throw off the shackles of the state in they, their they own lives. They never yearned for it is what you're saying. That's yeah, they, correct. They never, they well, they never... may have, but you know, it didn't come about in the uh, the ideal fashion. All that said, though, Somalia has probably got to be one of the better, most improving situations in uh, in Africa than many right. of its surrounding neighbors. That's right. So, and, and I, what what kind of examples about Somalia did they say? Well, this Somalia, in fact, approves. What 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 part of it did they say proves that anarchy can't oh, work? Well, pretty much just that it's a violent crap hole. You know, I mean, the guy. Didn't have any uh, right. any more information to the negative than I had for the, to the positive. Right, and he knows that it's a violent crap hole. How? I haven't heard uh, anything about violence in uh, Somalia. Maybe their uh, elected officials, uh, you know, not elected officials, but the people that would be uh, in charge are, are trying to kill each other off. But what's that have to do with the average person? Yeah, it's just more of a, right. an impression that people have of Somalia than anything else. It's like they think that once the government... If we say that, uh, that the marketplace is great, then they believe that everything should be... Thank you, by the way, for the call, Stephen. They believe that everything right. should be fixed you know, overnight. It does take a, a little bit of time for things to happen. More coming up. You take control. And as I said, there are people that are fighting over power there. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. 
And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com, and the features include the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about for free. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. If you have a company or know somebody who does, uh, SACL CAI is the biggest sponsor of Free Talk Live. Please do business with them. They do collections. Um, you know, they do it in an entirely different manner. They don't break anybody's kneecaps in doing their collections. I, I think you'll enjoy the experience. I know the owner. I know him well. And, uh, yeah, he's not a bad guy. He's a really good guy. SACL CAI, you can see their banner at freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231. Let's talk a little more about Somalia. It's a pretty interesting place, and uh, the few minutes we just spent on it doesn't really do justice uh, for what the situation is like over there. Though a, a quick Google search and heading over to Mises.org will result in some interesting stuff about Somalia. I'm trying to pull the latest information out because obviously you don't want this stuff to be too dated. Uh, this story was from back in late 2007. Spencer McCollum at the Ludwig von Mises Institute. He says, were there such a category, Somalia would hold a place in the Guinness Book of World Records as the country with the longest absence of a functioning central government. When the Somalis dismantled their government in 1991 and returned to their pre-colonial political status, the expectation was that chaos would result and that, of course, would be the politically correct thing to expect. But imagine if it were otherwise. Imagine any part of the globe not being dominated by a central government and the people there surviving and even prospering. If such were to happen, and the idea spread to other parts of Africa or other parts of the world, the mystique of the necessity of the state might be irreparably damaged, and many politicians and bureaucrats might find themselves walking, uh, walking about looking for work. If the expectation was that Somalia would plunge into an abyss of chaos, what's the reality? A number of recent studies addressed this question, including one by economist Peter Leeson, drawing on statistical data from the UN Development Project, World Bank, CIA, and World Health Organization. Comparing the last five years under the central government, which was 1985 through 1990, with the most five recent years of anarchy, 2000 to 2005, Leeson finds these welfare changes. Life expectancy has increased from 46 to 48.5 years. Now, this is a poor expectancy as compared with developed countries. But in any measurement of welfare, what is important to observe is not where a population stands at a given time, but what is the trend? Is the trend positive or is it the reverse? Sounds like it's positive to me. Number of one-year-olds fully immunized against measles rose from 30 to 40 percent. Number of physicians per 100,000 population rose from 3.4 to 4. Number of infants with low birth weight fell from 16 per thousand to 0.3. Almost none. Infant mortality per 1,000 births fell from 152 to 114.9. Maternal mortality per 100,000 births fell from 1,600 to 1,100. Percentage. These aren't. In, these are not statistically insignificant. No, no, changes. they're not. I'm. I'm, I'm trying to. It's. It's difficult on uh, radio just listening to hear hearing numbers. You know, be, being peppered with them. But uh, it, it. It sounds like there's some good things going on there. Percent of population with access to sanitation rose from 18 to 26. Percent of population with access to at least one health facility rose from 28 to 54.8. Percent of the population in extreme pro- poverty, i.e. earning less than a dollar per day, fell from 60 to 43.2. Radios per thousand population rose from 4 to 98.5. 
Telephones per thousand population rose from 1.9 to 14.9. TVs, 1.9 to 14.9. That's huge. TVs per 1,000 population rose from 1.2 to 3.7. Fatalities due to measles fell from 8,000 to 5,600. Another even more comprehensive study published in 2006 by the Independent Institute concludes, We find that Somalia's living standards have improved generally, not just in absolute terms, but also relative to other African countries since the collapse of the Somali central government. So maybe anarchy in Somalia, if, if you can call it that, I don't know, I, you know, I mean, it sounds more like tribalism. Um, tribalism in Somalia isn't so bad for them. Somalia's pastoral economy... I mean, the fact that they killed a few U.S. soldiers does not mean that it's, you know, a, a reign of terror over there. Somalia's pastoral economy is now stronger than that of either neighboring Kenya or Ethiopia. It's the largest exporter of livestock of any East African country. Telecommunications have burgeoned in Somalia. A call from a mobile phone is cheaper in Somalia than anywhere else in Africa. A small number of international investors are finding the level of security and property and contract in Somalia warrants doing business there. Among these companies are Dole, the BBC. That's really, that's really a huge issue. DHL, British Airways, General Motors, and Coca-Cola, which recently opened a large bottling plant in Mogadishu. A five-star ambassador hotel is operating in Hargissa, and three new universities are fully functional. That's Amud in Barama, Mogadishu, and the University of Benadir, all opened in uh, two of them in 97, one of them in 2002. Now, all of this is terribly politically incorrect for the reason I suggested. Consequently, the United Nations has now spent well over $2 billion attempting to reestablish a central government in Somalia. But here is the irony. It's the presence of the United, or excuse me, the United Nations that has caused virtually all of the turbulence that we've seen in Somalia. And he will explain why that's the case. Like most of pre-colonial Africa, Somalia is traditionally a stateless society. When the colonial powers withdrew, in order to better serve their purposes, they hastily trained local people and set up European-style governments in their place. And they were supposed to be democratic, but they soon devolved into brutal dictatorships. Democracy is unworkable for several reasons in Africa. The first is that voting all that the first thing that voting does is to divide a population into two groups: a group that rules and a group that is ruled. This is completely at variance with Somali tradition. Second, if democracy is to work, it depends, in theory at least, upon a populace that will vote on issues. But in a kinship society such as Somalia, voting takes place not on the merit of issues, but along group lines. Yeah. One votes according to one's clan affiliation. Since the ethic of kinship requires loyalty to one's fellow clansmen, the winners use the power of government to benefit their own members, which means exploitation of the members of other clans. Consequently, when there exists a governmental apparatus with its awesome powers of taxation, police, and judicial monopoly, the interests of the clans conflict. Some clan will control that apparatus, and to avoid being exploited by the other clans, each must attempt to be that controlling clan. Now, the turmoil in This Somalia. is exactly what I said during the call, is yeah. that essentially you have these tribal uh, situations and, you know, the, the big tribe rules the small tribes. And, uh, well, I mean, that's essentially what we have here in this country, don't we? It's just there, here it's interest groups, right? Here it's one group wants this way, the other group wants a different way, and they all try to wrest control of the state to impose their way by force. Anyway, I, yes, it's similar to what we said, but this guy's actually, you know, done the research, and so he sounds a little more educated than we do. Uh, so the turmoil in Somalia consists in the clans maneuvering to position themselves to control the government whenever it might come into being, and this has been exacerbated by the governments of the world, especially the United States, keeping alive the expectation that a government will soon be established and supplying arms to whomever seems at present most likely to be able to bring democracy to Somalia. 
So the warlord phenomenon refers to clan and independent militias, often including leftovers of the former central government who promised to establish a government under the control of their own clan. They often operate outside the control of the traditional elders and sometimes in opposition to them. Hence, the most violent years in Somalia were the years following 1991 when the United Nations was physically present, attempting to impose a central government. When the United Nations withdrew in 95, the expectation of a future central government began to recede and things began to stabilize. But the United Nations continued its efforts to reestablish a government through a series of some 16 failed peace conferences. In 2000, it set up a strong government, the transitional national government. However, not only did the northern Somali clans not recognize the TNG, it was unable to control its intended capital city of Mogadishu. Today, because these people don't want a government. Like the UN keeps coming in trying to form new governments and the Somali people have to fight it off with violence at that point. They are not interested. Today, a combined peacekeeping mission of the United States-backed troops from Ethiopia, Somali's traditional enemy, and Uganda under the Aegeus of the African Union is in Mogadishu attempting to prop up the TNG and secure its control over the rest of Somalia. And violence soars. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. The only path to true liberty is through enlightenment and not through a violent process. At least that's how I see it. want to hear from you at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, that is freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then become an amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. And get on board with the AMP program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. It's a simple concept. You send us three bucks a month, we give you some perks, and we take that money, by the way, and reinvest it into the show. It's not going to cut paychecks. It's going to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. Get more listeners on board with the program, thereby spreading the message of freedom, thereby encouraging more people to shift that perspective that we were talking about earlier, shift from uh, the belief in a coercive society to accepting that voluntary interaction is the way to go. These are the things the AMP program does. So if you like that and you want to get access to the AMP only call in lines, chat room, forum, and more, go to amp.freetalklive.com and join up. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to your calls about what you want. Adam is on the line in Texas. Adam, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, how are you this evening? Hey, super. What's on your mind? Um... I was just wondering if anybody had any information on the uh, the gathering in Bohemian Grove this year, uh, if, if there were the attendees and all that. I don't no, know I don't think – this show, we don't really pay attention to that sort of stuff. I mean, who cares if a bunch of muckety-mucks meet together and, you know, sacrifice – Dance around a whole, an owl. Yeah, sacrifice crap in the uh, the forest. I mean, who cares? Yeah, who cares? Yeah. What's the relevance? 2,700 of the world's leaders. Uh, Are they your involved? leaders? Huh? Are they your leaders? Because they're not my leaders. George Bush was there. Is is he your leader? He is uh, kind of right now, isn't he? Oh, no, I, you follow George Bush? I think you could make the uh, argument that he is uh, in charge of your life to some extent. I don't have a George Bush sticker. 
around my car. Okay. Well, then he's not. He's probably not your leader, and he's not my leader. Look, there are people that are in search of power, and there are always going to be people in search of power, especially as long as we have these governments around for them to uh, to grab control over. And some of them are going to meet up and talk about grabbing more power. I mean, if that's what you're suggesting was going on at the Bohemian Grove, then it's probably not the only place these people meet up and have meetings about how they're going to grab more power. I mean, really, that's all that we're talking about, right? Yes, sir, that is. Okay, then there you go. You can rest assured that a bunch of muckety-mucks met together and talked about getting more power. That's what happened. What else do you need to know? Well, um, uh, okay, on the, on the flip side of the coin, I'd like to know uh, um, some solutions. Uh, what can we do? Well, it um, depends we, we on what you lot. want. We know a lot more than we want? ever knew now. And then okay, hold on. Before you go on asking what do you want, what can we do, let me ask you, what do you want? Uh, I want the Constitution and our Bill of Rights and our uh, our Patriot Act abolished and um, the Military Commissions Act abolished. And the well, ABS I would Corp- say that if that's what you want, then you've got quite a long road to hoe. You are going to have to try to infiltrate political parties or start your own and then work within the system to get people elected and then hope they can get in there and they can Secession is an option. Secession is an option, but that's not what he wanted. Now, right, what he wanted I the Constitution. Want, what I want is liberty. I want personal and economic freedom, and I want my neighbors to have as much freedom as I want for myself. Now, if you, if you want similar things, then we can talk about what you can really do that will make a difference. But if that's not what you want, then I won't give you any suggestions. Oh, I totally agree with you. All right. Then in that case, you should look into the Free State Project. If you're willing to grant your na- your weird neighbor down the street as much freedom as you want for yourself, and hopefully that's total freedom, then you should go to freestateproject.org and read about that. The idea there is to get 20,000 liberty-loving people to all move to the same place, and that would be New Hampshire. That's the state that's been chosen. And then to become activists for liberty once they arrive. And it's already working out brilliantly. There are hundreds of people that are already here. We're having an amazing time. We're meeting great people, uh, and it's really been a success. There's there's both political activism and civil disobedience going on here. There's media outreach and all kinds of stuff that's happening, and it is going to make a difference. And we don't have to change a damn thing on the federal level. In fact, I think we're going to see secession sometime within the next, oh, I don't know, 20 years or something I don't like know that. about that, but uh, it, it may, it it may happen. It seems inevitable. That it, I don't even know if the federal government's going to last 20 more years, so, so who knows. But I hope that's a solution for you. What town is that in New Hampshire? There's no town specifically. It's the entire state of New Hampshire. Go to freestateproject.org. You can learn more about it. Uh, You should find what area of New Hampshire is right for you and move there and then figure out what activism is right for you and do that. And there's links to all that information over at freestateproject.org. Thanks for the call tonight, dude. We appreciate hearing from you. There are people out there like that guy that are uh, definitely somewhat aligned with our viewpoint, and they like the idea of freedom. It's just that they've been sort of told this story that the only way to go about getting it is to play within the system and play by the rules and try to take over Washington, D.C. to somehow rest, you know, get freedom back for their lives. Let me tell you, a lot of, a lot of people work. with a lot more money um, than you have already taken over Washington, D.C., and you are never going to get it back, yeah. is, is my opinion. Right. Um, I just, I, I don't Sorry, see... Sorry, but that's just truth. I, I don't see uh, our Constitution being adhered 
adhered to, at least not not by my interpretation. According to the Supreme Court, it is being adhered to. It's not my it, constitution. I mean, it was a nice document and all, and I know they had the best of intentions with it, uh, but it's not mine. It's theirs. Yeah. And they aren't adhering to their constitution. You know, and I I, I, I like it. I like the, uh, the the Declaration of Independence. I think those oh, are sure. some, it's still some a great document. really great documents that make me feel good when I read them, and, and I like the idea of a, a nation running by them. I don't see one, a nation running by those documents, so what am I supposed to do about that? Forget about them. Focus on New Hampshire. Let's free this one place, and then if anybody else wants to have freedom for themselves, they can either join us in New Hampshire or they can do it where they live. Let's continue with your calls and talk to you, Jeff in, New, in Texas. rather. Jeff, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Yeah, guys. I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit about uh, the executive branch and abuse of power. Uh, the PBS put out a documentary uh, last year, and it was called, uh, the, the documentary is called Cheney's Law. Again, it's a PBS documentary. You can probably pull it up on a Google video. Don't you think YouTube. it's inevitable, Jeff, that power will be abused? Well, I think, in, you know, especially in government, I, I, I think it, it really keys in on... Um, well, isn't that really the only? Isn't that effectively the only real power we've got out there? Sure, there are some individual gang members and some bad guys that will wield power over one or two people's lives. But for the most part, the uh, the vast majority of power that is wielded in uh, in this world that we live in is by government people. And it doesn't seem to matter who you put in charge of the government apparatus. Power attracts those who want to wield it and hurt and and hurt others. I mean, they're just. Don't you just see that as being the case? Does it matter if it's Cheney or Obama or whoever it is that's going to fill the uh, the vacancy next? They're all going to wield power, and they'll have no concern for the people whose lives they harm as a result of it. Yeah, I, I you know, the way I interpreted some of the things were, you know, they talked about Alberto Gonzalez, which was, of course, he resigned. And then they talked about Cheney's lawyer, which was uh, which is David Addington. And they talked about, you know, how, you know, Gonzalez, he basically knew little or nothing about constitutional law or national security and i think that david addington was basically running the doj from the white house all I mean, of it is meaningless to me i don't know uh, i mean i've heard the gonzalez name i, I don't know the other people but it, I've, it, I've heard all the names i, I just yeah. you know we don't know what's going on in there um some people can speculate that, they, that you know this is this administration is the worst administration yet i don't know i think there's some evidence for it but um, what's the evidence that the next administration won't be the worst? That's probably a true won't, statement won't every single time. Than the worst. <laughs> well, Jeff, thanks I, for the call tonight, dude. 800-259-9231. So, again, more of that sort of distraction of, oh, let's look at these politicians and these politicians and talk about how bad they are. Well, the system is inherently bad. The system is the problem. It's the whole concept of power over other people's lives that we need to abolish there's no well, real power. There's just men willing to use guns. I can see the attraction to it. I was very wrapped up in the Ron Paul campaign that was going on during the uh, the Republican primary here and uh, this year. I, I was really wrapped up in it. I wanted Ron Paul to be the pr next president of the United States, and I thought there was a chance, at least uh, you know, a big enough that he could lay the groundwork for a ne the next candidate to come along in four more years. And I. I just don't know that that happened at all. It showed it, it, what it what it showed me is that America's not ready. Um, not not interested in liberty or returning to the Constitution mm. or any of those things. I don't know if I would agree with that assertion. I would suggest that what the Ron Paul showed me is that there's a significant, if minority, but a significant percentage of Americans that is interested in liberty and interested in freedom. 
and they do want something. They they like uh, like Adam in Texas want a solution. They want an idea. And Ron Paul for them was the idea of the moment, right? Ron Paul was uh, something for them to get behind and to get so- excited about. And boy, did they! And we saw the results of all that. And it was the most phenomenal pro-liberty uh, campaign that I think but, has ever happened. Right, I in agree, this and that's really the you know that it, it just points to my point, which is there was the most phenomenal campaign. There were but that's blimps. Not there were you much. know TV. It, 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 there but was a libertarian candidate with TV ads, radio ads, yeah, but, millions and millions of dollars. The most donated in a day. The most donated in a quarter. Everything, and still Americans ignored it. Still yeah, Americans still, want this old crazy Mark, POW to run the country. Fair. Let's be fair. Ron Paul still got a fraction of a fraction of the coverage these other guys got. He got more coverage than other libertarian candidates, but a fraction of the other guys. More proof there's no way you can ever do anything with Washington. That much is true. That much is true. Hour two is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. Live. We are launching an hour number two of the program, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. That, again, freetalklive.com. Right to your phone calls, we go. And then we'll hit the email box here in a moment. But first, we talk to Peter. Peter from Internobs, Peter, in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. That's me. It's nice to talk to you guys. How are you tonight? Hey, Peter. Good to have you on uh, on board. That's internobs.com. We'll be talking more about that coming up uh, later this hour. But what's on your mind? Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I wanted to call in tonight because I, I, I often find myself when I'm listening to the program struggling between two different points of view that are that are clearly coming out in, in, in virtually all the shows, and that is sort of this tension between the patriot or what I would call, I guess, the constitutionalist community, Mm -hmm. if there can be such a term. And I guess, for lack of a better word, what, you know, we might call anarcho-capitalism or um, libertarianism. Voluntarism, yeah, that that would be a better term. Um, And I think that this may be just a, a matter of language. Hmm. Okay, and and we need to we need to define our terms when we're having these conversations. And I think when we throw around terms like nation. State, nation state, the state. These are these are terms that mean sometimes very different things to different people. It's true. Yeah. And so so so, you know, like for instance, I, I just I quickly went onto Wikipedia, which is not necessarily authoritative, but it's as good as any source. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is too. Yeah. I, I mean, 
And just looking at the difference in the definitions between nation-state and nation, I, I mean, these, these terms are often used interchangeably, and there's a radical difference between the two. A nation is really uh, something constituted on cultural or ethnic grounds, hmm. okay, and, and ideological grounds, whereas or spiritual grounds, whereas a nation-state is really a, a political fiction built around uh, uh, people who consider themselves having nationhood with one another. So I myself um, try to uh, to stay away from using that term, exactly. but Mark does uh, utilize it. Which which term? Right. And, nation. And, nation. And so I think in theory, Ian, you are correct. Okay, that you know, uh, even even people who are freedom lovers who call themselves constitutionalists, like let's say you know a lot of Ron Paul's followers, um, are really you know when they talk about how they want to defend national sovereignty, et cetera, they're falling into a bit of a trap there, because there's a difference between a nation and a nation state. Um, and you know w- when you hear political rhetoric often, and Ron Paul does this as well, he's guilty of it as well referring to our nation. Mm-hmm. Well, our nation is probably a very different thing, technically, from our nation-state. It's true, and right? Ron Paul is also guilty of using the term we quite often uh, when he is conducting interviews and things like that. Though I guess he is right. part of the government, so maybe we is uh, appropriate for him. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, I, I mean, I'm very sympathetic with a lot of the patriots that call in. Sure, know, we sure. Well, we were all data. there, right? I mean, we were all there right. at one point, so it's easy to be empathetic of uh, where they're coming from. Right. And, you know, and I'm not 100% sure that a, an entirely free culture is what's going to, um, you know, a, a, ever happen or be the freest, uh, you know, the, 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 the government that would uh, guarantee us the most liberty. I just know that... Uh, we we don't have it now, and uh, our politicians need to be held responsible, and they're not. Because I don't of really care immunity. about that. I'd just rather just them leave me alone. I understand that you want them to leave <laughs> you alone, but the way to have them leave you alone is by holding them responsible for their actions. Because currently they're like a bunch of uh, you know terrible babies running well, well, around with machine guns. How are you going to have uh, hold them responsible? Exactly. How could how do you hold? Are they going to pay restitution to 300 million Americans? How do you? I don't mean hold them responsible for what they've done. Oh, okay. I mean. Start, what do you mean? Starting now, the little gun goes off. You're responsible for your actions. You can't uh-huh. hide behind the cloak of legitimacy, legitimacy mm-hmm. of government anymore. That oh, one that action nice. would change government entirely. They would stay away from doing things. Yeah, but they won't hold themselves responsible, so it's kind of a fantasy idea, right? I understand where you're coming from. Right. If, I, if I could jump in, guys. Of course. Ian, I, I think an important word, though, that, that you may be able to fall back on is the word community. Yeah. Okay? And there's nothing wrong with that word in the sense that, look, something like the Free State Project, for instance, okay, it's not bound by any specific geographical location or any sociopolitical location. Sure. But that, that, that is a community because it's a group of individuals that share in some sort of loose ideology, okay? And, and, and so we, we, we don't have to sort of um, uh, get on the defensive when people say, well, you're anarchists and there's going to be chaos in the streets, etc. Well, we can still believe in, in a thick notion of community. Absolutely, okay? and I think, that's, uh, I think you're right about that. It's important for uh, people that believe in liberty to be seen as uh, part of the community and not wanting to be necessarily right. separate from those, and that's why Dennis from New Hampshire, uh, from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, always talks about how he thinks it's so important for Free State Project members, for instance, to get involved in you know, the soup kitchen or whatever whatever else different community opportunities there are to help out because we need to be seen as people that are uh, being helpful and not hindering anything. Right. The depiction of of liberty lovers as sort of outsiders 
that that's that's the real hurdle here. Yeah. Um, that we, and, and and if we can get over that hurdle, I think that we're we're headed towards uh, bigger and better things. I think we're we're almost you know we're getting there here in New Hampshire. The activists here are not you know not all of them are living way out in the boonies, uh, secluding right. themselves, uh, building a compound and that sort of thing. You know we're living right, right here. For for instance, myself, right in the heart of uh, downtown Keene, uh, New Hampshire. Others living you know integrated in society. They are volunteering at different opportunities, and uh, the more of us. That there, there there are that are going to come here, the more effective that particular approach will be, and we're just going to be neighbors, uh, number one, before anything exactly. else, and, and good neighbors at that. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, good having you. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We go to an unscreened AMP call. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. It's uh, John from Kansas. John, what's on your mind tonight? I uh, just wanted to uh, clarify the whole nation, nation state, and uh, state definitions. I'm a political science major. Uh, what a, a nation is is defined. It's a group of people that hold a specific ideal, generally, culturally, or ethnic. Like uh, he was saying, like he was saying earlier, a state is a actual political barrier, such so- as like the surround like the united states would be considered quote unquote a state because there's a definite delineation as to what is inside and outside so you're right but it sounds to me like people use the term nation as uh you know inter- interchangeably with state yeah. you know when they think of uh nation they think everyone who's within america even though everyone who's within the political designation of the united states doesn't necessarily hold those same values and so perhaps that's not even an accurate term to describe them perhaps uh you know peter is correct when he suggests community instead of nation because community is is more understandable that it doesn't necessarily the term community doesn't necessarily have to do with geographical boundaries as much as it does simply the identities and the viewpoints of those individuals that make up that community. So, you know, we've got the community of the people that live in the geographical designation of Keene, New Hampshire, but we have the community of the people that listen to our radio station in Keene. We have the community of uh, Free Talk Live listeners, the community of Free State Project activists. So community can be redefined based on the, uh, you know, again, the preferences of the individuals within it. Right, and for example, there could be several nations that make up a quote-unquote state. That, uh, essentially, that's what the United States is. I mean, you know, it's it's United States. Each of them were, were countries at one point, and they, uh, they sort of contracted with each other. If uh, if one can imagine geographic areas, land masses, uh, writing on contracts, but. Um, you know that's that's what the United States is. Is it's a collection of countries that have now been all subjugated into the power of the one. But what he said government. was that nations could be uh, part of the United States, and what he meant by what I think what you mean by that is that the different people of different interests, not necessarily mm-hmm. calling themselves states, would also uh, count. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. And where they overlap, as in there's one nation under a state, would be what we refer to as a nation state. There you go. Uh, very good. Any other thoughts tonight? Uh, no, that's all for tonight, Thanks, guys. Jason. Appreciate the call. Or, uh, yes, thank you. 800-259-9231 um, is the uh, toll-free number for you. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. I don't know if his name was Jason. I forgot. That's what happens when you take the calls on screen. Anyway, you can bring up anything. More coming up. Take control of the airwaves. Fractional reserve banking. Riveting stuff. Oh, it is. 
We got an email about it. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. And they include the bulletin board system. Get interactive with over 350,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about, and it's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs. .freetalklive.com. It is the cure for naked. Jumptees.com. Go get funny, sexy, clever t-shirts at jumptees.com. Don't go through life naked. Get jumped at jumptees.com. Pants not included. Jumptees.com is not responsible for customers not wearing pants. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. To the email box, we were talking about fractional reserve banking, the idea that banks in America have the ability to essentially lend out money they don't really have. Uh, for every dollar that they have in a deposit, they can lend out 10. And I was asking about you know, how that could even be possible in the free marketplace where they're going to have to you know, back up their, their lending a little bit better. I mean, they can do that because the federal government allows them to, basically. And I, I couldn't really understand that. So a couple people emailed in to try to answer that question for me. Uh, David's the first. He says it's pretty simple. Osbornians. Every last one of them. The bank's only monetary assets are its deposits. Then, Or rather, if the bank's only monetary asset assets are its deposits, then there's no way it could lend any of them out without using a fractional reserve system. Unless these hypothetical banks that don't use a fractional reserve system independently create or discover money, there's no way they can function as lenders. Now... That didn't explain anything to me. It sure uh, it does. Um, that 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 statement doesn't. No, oh, I don't. Okay. I don't understand There's how a bank. they could not. He says without fractional reserve banking, they couldn't lend their assets out. Okay. I don't understand. There's that. a bank. Um, it has two depositors. You and I. We both put in a hundred bucks, and yeah. we um, and we we should be able to withdraw our hundred dollars at any time, right? Would think so. Yeah. So they need to have on hand two hundred dollars at all times, or at least be ready. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, th- makes sense so far? I'm, you're, you're with me? Right. What good – how are they going to lend the $200 to anyone else if they have to have it on uh, hand in order to give back to us anytime we ask for it? Okay. Well, then well, they would what have, have, to have like, a done, CD, right? They would have to have like CD. What have stuff. you and I done to the, for the bank by depositing $100 for, um, with them? Nothing. They just have to hold our money. Hmm. It's the service of holding your money. That's not a sur- you know that's, well, what about, that's that's of no value to the bank the, at all. What about the certificates of deposit where you right. aren't well, supposed to be able to get it back out? Well, certificate of deposit something entirely different. That's not what people are talking about when you talk about fractional reserve lending. Um, you well, know, that money goes into the bank, and then the bank can do what it wants with it for five years or three years or four years, however long correct, the CD is Correct, because for, right? they have that period of time. Now you've done a service to the bank, and the bank ought to pay you interest. Right. Whereas, as so, a depositor of $100 that the bank has to give back to you at any time, they're doing you a service, and you should have to pay them. They're keeping sure. your money safe. That makes sense. And uh, do you see any banks out there currently um, doing well, that? They don't have to. There's fractional reserve. Absolutely. So you have to, you know, so the government has set it up so that there's a service um, that the banks get from somebody making a deposit, just a regular old deposit. Banks in a free market would have to figure things out differently. Likely, what the, you right. would well, that's do what I know is, is you would, um, you know, you write a contract with them that says, "I will, uh, out of my hundred dollars, I will only withdraw, withdraw ten dollars." 
per week at you know at any time or whatever. You know, yeah. like, there'll be all kinds of different contracts out there. Right. Just like a certificate of deposit is essentially a contract, which is you'll pay me interest and I'll have to pay a penalty if I take my money out before nine months or a year or six months or whatever the, the mm-hmm. CD is. So that's what um, how it would work. So basically, it's, what I've said is is or, or what from what I understand, then I am correct in that in the free marketplace. They wouldn't have this government-granted uh, ability to just have this magical ability to lend money out of thin air. They would have to come up with, you know, the banking system would be different. I mean, it would reorganize itself in a, in a different fashion. Not much different. It wouldn't be that much different, but to the point I where mean, the, 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 they wouldn't the, be able the, to get away with, the, you know, lending out 10 to 1, certainly. No, and well, I think that the, the banks with the, most, uh, with the least fractional reserve lending would be the most popular. I don't, don't know that that's necessarily true. I don't think people um, are. I, I, no, I think the people with the best looking, uh, most attractive rates, uh, you know, though. That's true. And in a lot of ways that, the, the, you know, the people that the, you know, a lot of people will go to, to the person who's willing to offer the best rate. And what you'll see is, um, you know, the ones that are certified by the organizations, a lot of people will go to that. There'll be a bank out there that says, a hundred percent interest a year, APR, give us your money. And they'll fold up in six months. Mm. Because they weren't certified by the ABA or whatever, yeah. the American Banking Association or whatever organization comes out, the the golden edge of approval. You know, they they don't they don't have that. Yeah. And they'll go away. And there'll be other certifications out there that wor- aren't worth anything, like the platinum Ian. It won't be worth crap. But the golden edge of approval, people will know yeah. that in fact that's the uh, rating system <laughs> that is uh, you know worth worth going with. And and so the the the, the crappy bank with the that'll fold up in six months, they'll have the platinum. I guess what I I guess maybe where I'm coming from is I would want a bank that isn't performing fractional reserve lending. I would rather have my money uh, be safe and you know than than make a bunch of uh, interest because. I don't know how much interest rates would be like in the in the marketplace. Maybe you could have interest and have safety, you know, with insurance. I don't know what would come out. In the free things- market, you can always have. I mean, you can have your cake and eat it too. Somebody will figure out a way to do that. Yeah. You will have a secure. You will have security. Let's let them be free to make those decisions. You'll know. I mean, think about it. How often do you withdraw large sums of money that you don't know that you're going to withdraw with at least, uh, you know, a couple of weeks' notice? It doesn't happen very often. You know, it's coming. You'll give a little ring, ring. Give a little banker the. the banker would call, look, I'm, I'm looking to buy a piece of property, or I'm going to buy a car, or you know, my, my crack habit's getting out of hand, whatever it is, and you'll let them know that yeah. that's what you're going to do, and, and they'll have there'll be systems set up for that. I like that. Well, here's Adam's email about it. He says, guys, you were talking about fractional reserve banking and was concerned about how such a thing could exist in the free market. Here's how it would work. First, I think there's a bit of confusion about what fractional reserve banking is. Fractional reserve, as the name implies, means that the bank only keeps a fraction of its assets in reserve to satisfy by bank withdrawals. Banks don't loan out money they don't have, though they can loan out money that they borrow, much like you could borrow money from a bank and then loan it on again to someone else. The only banks which get to loan out money they don't have are the Federal Reserve Banks. Other banks must have uh, must either have money deposited or must borrow from other banks any money that they loan out. Since they can borrow from the Federal Reserve, it's similar to loaning out money they don't have, but right. not the same. Right, and, and this is, um, it, it's th- that much is true, and uh, what I thought at one point, and I imagine a lot of people do, is that this fractional reserve banking is how the Federal Reserve introduces money into the, the, the um, system. 
you know, it's not like the Federal Reserve goes out one day and, uh, you know, walks out its front do- doors and is it New York City? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And hands out bundles of cash to people and says, we're, we're, we're add more money to the money supply. Yeah. No. What they do is they lower the interest rate or, you know, with the interest rate, banks come to them for, for loans. And that is how the money gets introduced. It's only the Federal Reserve that introduces money. So when you're stealing money by, uh, you know, not paying your bills to banks, you're really, you know, I mean, you're messing with the investors of that bank. If you put your money in a bank, says Adam, and they didn't loan it out, your account would not draw interest. But instead, you'd need to pay the bank for the privilege of them holding it for you, which is what you said earlier, Mark. That's because I'm a super genius. Under the fractional system, when you deposit money in a bank, you're actually loaning it to the bank. But unlike a fixed-term loan, you can get your money back anytime you want, as long as there are enough reserves to meet the need. In a free market, deposits would be treated as loans. When you put money in the bank, you could determine if you want to earn interest knowing that there's a risk you may not have immediate access to your money. Or you may not want to tolerate risk and you would pay for the bank to hold your money. All investments entail risks and deposits that earn interest are risky just like any other investment. The risk is that you may not get it back exactly when you want it. And that makes sense. More coming back. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You take control via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. If you like Free Talk Live, hey, there's our music. Uh, if you like Free Talk Live and you want to help support the show, then vote for us. We need you to go to vote.freetalklive.com. I, uh, didn't you tell me the gap was really close now, Mark? We, we are uh, in the lead. We're, as a matter what? Fact. We're yes. number one now? We, we are number uh, one. That is fantastic. I, I've been validated by, uh, what is it, uh, podcastalley.com. Yes, we are number one. Uh, I, and uh, we're in the lead by an, a whopping seven whole votes. Oh, yeah. If we don't keep it up, they will pass us again. Yeah, so. th- those those darn Potter kids are uh, are not uh, the you know, uh, you know they're not an insignificant foe. Do not dawdle. Do not rest on That's your laurels. So go to vote.freetalklive.com. If you've yet to do it in the month of July, we need you to do it now at vote.freetalklive.com so we can solidify our position at number one and remain number one for the remainder of the month. So we weren't number one for, you know, 17 full days this month. Right. And that's really the bad news. Ending up, uh, ending up as number one is, is fine and dandy and everything, but yeah. nobody ever looks at the results. What matters is being on the top of the chart all month long. All month long. Yeah. So there's 17 days that we weren't at the top of the chart, and that's really pretty much unacceptable, and I blame my co-host for not having sent out the email to remind everybody. I sent out the email. Not until late. Well, I was busy. It's we had fault. an air conditioner Look, being Just apologize to everybody right now. I'm all right, I'm sorry. I didn't send the email out fast enough, but it wouldn't have mattered anyway because they just have more uh, quick response uh, in the beginning than we do. No, no, that's not true. That generally, we uh, our patterns were in the past. Well, holding. it's dropped off, man. It's dropped off. People, they haven't participated. Not anymore. I, I'm, I'm taking this problem into hand, and uh, you and your you're dawdling around with the. You and your air conditioning and that kind of stuff is just not acceptable to me any longer. Well, anyway, thanks to everyone who's voted so far. If you haven't done it, go now to vote.freetalklive.com, and it is much appreciated. It makes a big difference for us. That again, vote.freetalklive.com. Your phone calls, uh, we go to them. It's Alex in New Jersey. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Alex. Alex, hey, hey, what's on your mind? 
you were talking the other day about having uh, private roads and private pri- privatizing everything. Uh-huh. And my question, I don't like that question, term. By the way, I don't like privatize. It's, uh, it's it connotates government handing out favors to their uh, favored business buddies. And I think okay. market, I think marketize might be more accurate for what I was describing. But go ahead with your your thoughts. Okay. Um, just the question that I have is, what do you do about monopolies? What do you mean? Well, for example, um, let's say you have this uh, private road. What happens when all the uh, private road companies get together and decide to price gouge or, you know, do any of that? Or let's say that Internet service providers all band together and do, um, you know. Well, why haven't, it, own, why haven't Internet service providers done that already? I don't know. Okay, well, the reason is is because you can't get... Greed! Right, it's greed. Uh, you can't get people together to agree on anything. Um, and, you know, they they want to get the largest share of the pie. If they did make that agreement, somebody would say, we got to be first to break this so that I can mm-hmm. get... So that we can, uh, you know, if we can get five more percent, well, this, that'll be a million dollars per year or whatever it is. And so, no, there's, you know, the, the, the collusion and, and that kind of thing... Uh, it just doesn't generally work well, plus for, also, for any length of time. Even also, if it the, did the, happen, though, hold on, before you go on, even if it didn't happen, even if it was true that people got together and formed a cartel, cartels have been formed in the past, but the cartel can only get away with raising prices so much because the market can only bear a certain amount, uh, you know, the, the, a certain price. I mean, if you raise above what the market will bear, then people will just stop buying. Right. If and gas you don't went have to, business. If gas went to $100 a gallon tomorrow, um, people would stop driving. Or some people would stop driving. Some people would continue there, to drive. There, there are certain things that you just can't give up. You know, what if, you know, for example, all the roads are owned by this cartel? I just use gasoline no as an example. <laughs> I just use gasoline as an example. You don't think gasoline and roads are inexorably linked? Yes. If they, um, if it was a thousand dollars a day to ride on the roads, people would stop using those roads. Right, and then people well, would start. That- People would start dying or, you know, they'd actually go after the road owner and, you know, string him up from a tree or something like that. The, the helicopter, the, the, the gyrocopter helicopter personal aircraft uh, business would, would boom. boom. Yeah, they'd be true. doing uh, personal deliveries to people's homes. You know, really what you have there is you have the uh, the impetus for the flying car, um, you know, when you're talking about roads. And roads are always a terrible example because people get uh, confused about them. But the only monopolies that really exist, um, Alex, the only monopolies that exist are monopolies that the government allows. And the government itself. I mean, right now, the roads, for the most part, are owned by a monopolist organization known as the state, and they do an awful job right. of uh, taking care of You just of don't know any better because you've never seen anything else. And you don't know how much you pay for those roads because you pay probably three or four times what you would have to pay for roads to the government because the government can't do anything efficiently. It's just that they extract that from you on an annual basis so you don't see it go in the same manner. Right, so there has to be some sort of. I mean, even the even the government itself uh, does set up toll booths on its own roads and extracts an arbitrary number. We should but that be so lucky number... that there is a road cartel out there uh, charging too much for the roads, because currently we have a road monopoly charging three or four times too much for the roads. That's a great point. Any other thoughts, sir? Well, yeah. Whatever happened with uh, trust busting? You know, like what? Why uh, was that needed? Back in the 30s and 40s, because uh, people because people were concerned about things like you're talking about, and absolutely, like we've said, there are cartels. OPEC is one. Um, they they exist, and people get charged a bit too much. The problem well, without- is. The problem is that trust busting and all that stuff that you've been told in school is, in fact, a monopoly out there busting up cartels. 
It's it's the most ludicrous, bass-ackward scheme you've ever heard of. The government is a monopoly, and it says that only the monopolies we say can exist exist. Ma Bell was a monopoly that was, you know, uh, around for a long time. The government said it was okay. The power company in your town is, in fact, a monopoly. The water company in your town is either owned by the government, therefore a monopoly, or a monopoly. The cable company in your town is a monopoly. So then by having free markets, the monopolies would kill themselves off. Well, they couldn't exist because uh, in the marketplace, the only way the, the only consumer way, would, would would choose other businesses. Well, right, and and other and competitors could spring up at at any point. Um, so the only way a monopoly could exist in the marketplace is by serving its customers above and beyond the point where no one decided to go out and compete with them. So you you could only really keep that monopolist position by having the best customer service, the best product, and the best prices. Because as soon as you f that up, somebody's going to come in and they're going to take your market share from you by opening a competing business. And the only way that someone can't compete is when there's a gang called government around pointing, waving guns at people's faces and saying, oh, I'm sorry, you can't be a plumber without one of our government licenses. Oh, sorry, you can't start your own cable company plant here because Time Warner's already here and we're going to send men with guns in to shut you down if you try to do that. So That's actually a good way of looking at it, how you you have the water company having the monopoly and everything. I never really thought of it that way, which is very very, – a good way to look at right, it. and if you look the at the worst, did. if you look at the worst customer service you get, it's either from the government or from an organization that they have set up as a monopoly. Um, Absolutely right. I mean, even if you look at uh, cell phones, uh, were traditionally pretty, uh, you know, the the ten year, the decade they've been around, really, they were uh, really tough on collections. Yeah, but no, two decades. The two decades, but they they weren't people. They weren't pervasive in people's lives until the mid nineties. This is true. Um, those uh, they were tough on collections, and people hated deal dealing with them. Cell phone companies have found that they have to offer better and better customer service currently in order to keep their customers. In a decade, they've managed to get customer service way up there. Try calling the regular phone company and get get some get some uh, service out of them. Try calling the electric company. Well, even uh, the regular we'll be phone out com- in three weeks when we feel like it. Even the regular phone company is still a little bit better off now than they used to be because of the competition from voice over IP. We've seen uh, prices dropping on uh, plans from regular phone companies because they know they've got competition now. So. I think pricing a, a little little bit, uh, but I don't think service customer service has really changed. Yeah, you're right about that. And it, it, it is all because it's all insulated by the people in the government. But, but again, even if you look at the government-provided service like water, you know, well, why doesn't government provide water at a higher rate? Well, they can. In fact, they're raising rates around here, and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. But they also know that if they raise it to 10 bucks a gallon, then... People just aren't going to be buying water from them. They're going to call the Culligan man uh, and get some sort of water system from them, or they'll hire someone to drill a well. At some point, the marketplace will go in a different direction based on what uh, that person, that particular agency, is charging for their services. So I hope that helped clean some things up for you. Thank you for the call, Alex. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. Even many of the things that the history books claim were monopolies, like Standard Oil, were actually, in point of fact, not monopolies. They were just companies with big market shares. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. 
com and do you want to easily update the look of those old cabinets or that old set of drawers well innerknobs.com offers a wide variety of knobs and pulls for every taste and budget plus it's run by a guy who gets liberty you heard peter in the very beginning of the hour call in talking about nations and nation states and uh, that you know the uh, the voluntarist viewpoint that's the guy that runs innerknobs.com right mark yep all right so uh, you're supporting a liberty friendly business as well and that's internobs.com. You can save 10% if you use the code FTL when you check out internobs, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. You know, and uh, it's, it's one of the ways that uh, we're going to have – we're going to see success is uh, by uh, frequenting li- liberty-friendly businesses. Um, if, you're, if you're giving your money to the big box store for knobs, poles, faucets, and towel racks and that kind of thing – where's it going? It's going to prop up the system that, that you're upset with. If you're giving your money to internobs.com, the very least, some of that money is going to, you know, help propagate the uh, the ideas that you're hearing here. That's a good point. Internobs.com. All right. So 800-259-9231. Uh, continuing in the email box here, uh, Brad emails to say that my mother just took a new job as the second in charge of health at the county jail here. He says, I know, shame on her for getting into the system, and I told her that, but it could prove to be eye-opening and definitely interesting. She's the only registered nurse other than her boss, who's the head of that department, and she's deputized now, and her badge is on the way. She deals directly with inmates doing the things that an RN does, passing meds, vitals, etc. There are many inmates, and most, who have been on drugs in this overcrowded facility. Now, before she started there, she was for gun control and wondered why people need to have guns, and she just didn't like them. Now she wants one, which <laughs> I think is great. But now she's in the opinion more... Of the opinion. Or now, well, yeah, that's correct, but I was reading it as he wrote it. Uh, but now she is of the opinion more than before that all drugs should be illegal because they're the worst things ever. This is because she sees the inmates go through withdrawals right in front of her, lie about their drug use, and try to smuggle in things to use as money to get drugs or the like on the inside. Yeah. Many of them are in for theft, and most likely they were doing that to fund their habit. So what are some good ways to convince my mom that all these people wouldn't be in jail and would most likely be productive, respectable people if drugs were legal? She's pretty open-minded, and I know I can show her what freedom and liberty is all about. I just need some help taking her experiences seeing these people in jail and turning them into real-life examples of how freedom and liberty are the answers. Right. I, you know, I, I think it's difficult to uh, take the stance that drugs are good. Um, some of them, I would say, are better than uh, some of the drugs that people choose to do, I, you know, uh, but I think that the best thing to do is to keep in mind uh, three legal drugs. Keep in mind tobacco, alcohol, and uh, caffeine. Caffeine's everywhere, largely and completely unregulated. Mm. And you can use some examples. You, can, you have to cull examples from the three of these, and you can find something to support drug legalization from every one of them from, for every objection. Um, Caffeine addiction is pretty profound from what I understand. It is. It is Julia very profound. Julia has recently profound. tried to uh, – my girlfriend Julia has recently quit or – she tried to quit caffeine, and she went for about a week and a half before she, you know, was getting up really early and felt like she had to have just, you know, a coffee to help her Something get up to stimulate early. her. 
And, you know, that turned into uh, a few days later. She went a few more days without uh, caffeine. And then a few days after that, she had another one. And then the next morning, she got up early again. She had another one then. And then the, the day after that, she had another one. She sort of realized she was getting back into uh, the habit again. Mm-hmm. And she said that she kind of wants to get back into it because she likes the way it tastes and, you know, all that. And I said, great. If you like your habit, you should keep it up. You should enjoy it. Get jump on back in. But it is profound. Like yep. it's pretty powerful. Pe- these caffeine addicts, they want that caffeine in the morning. Well, the caffeine addiction isn't uh, the, the the best example out there because it's not dangerous. But cigarettes kill more pe- people than uh, just about anything else in the United States. No one's ever had uh, like a heart attack from the stimulant effect of caffeine. Or I anything. suspect there's probably something out there, but it probably wasn't blamed on caffeine. Maybe, um, I, maybe some of these new um, energy drinks. Uh, you'll see some kids that yeah, they uh, were saying. The kids were freaking out on some of those high. They caffeine. may freak out, but does like it kill a problem? I don't remember what it was. But. Yeah, I don't know what the problem. I, I can't tell you, but yeah. it's not the biggest problem out there. When you look at cigarettes, they're a big, big problem to the health of the nation. However, they're legal. They've been largely unregulated. Um, you know, they're getting well. so the taxes go higher and higher. But you can look at history in the United States and still look at regular, you know, relatively unregulated cigarettes. Um, and and you know, it, it's okay. Cigarette smokers are. You know, they they manage to feed their families, they pay their rent, their mortgages, you know, they they go through life. I I don't know that I'm going to call them the most productive people in America, but Barack Obama is a cigarette smoker and he may just lead the nation. So he's a politician, not a good example of of productivity. He's managed to move up. You know, he's very influential. Yeah. I'm just saying they don't produce anything. I understand, all. but you're hate blind you. Um, I'm not. I, I didn't. I said productivity, and then um, yeah, look, Barack Obama is extraordinarily influential, and he has a great deal of power, and and could be the president, next president of the United States, probably will be. So, you know, the cigarette smokers are, are managed to to live their lives and 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 you know do things fine. However, um, it's not it's not mind altering, and that's another big concern. People will be lying in the streets, doped up and not working, and completely you know useless to society, dying there because you won't help them because you're a libertarian and you don't help people like that. You're bad, bad man. And well, no, alcohol addictive. Certainly, just ask some alcoholics out there oh, yeah. whether they One can of stop our or not. Was an alcoholic. Um, ad- addictive, extraordinarily mind altering extraordinarily mind-altering. Mm, if you sure. don't think that's so, sure, you drink two or three or, uh, beers or a six-pack at night, and, and you're not that mind-altered. Drink yourself a fifth of whiskey. If that doesn't do it, drink two and see if you're not mind-altered. Also, dangerous um, in the sense that you can... Poisoning. You, anytime you drink alcohol, if you keep drinking alcohol or, um, and, and you don't pass out, you will die. It will kill you. Mm. Just like cocaine. It will, you know, crack cocaine, the big concern is, it'll kill you. But the yeah. alcoholics aren't knocking over convenience stores. And they're not dying. No, well, the, For the, the most part. Well, the, the, you some know, cirrhosis and things like that. But they're not dying from uh, alcohol toxicity. It has happened. I sure, sure. But I mean, <laughs> these are the usually it's college deviations kids. from the rules. Usually right. it's college kids who can't legally drink, so they have to load up on a whole bunch of they're what they call pre-gaming. Yes. Yeah. All right. Now, here's another point I want to make to uh, to Brad, since he's asking how we can convince his mom who's surrounded. She, her job is a registered nurse in a jail. So she's surrounded by the dregs. Right. She's surrounded by the worst of the worst. And so naturally, that's going to encourage her to think that, well, drugs are bad. Look at all these bad people. They do drugs. Drugs are bad. Well, 
he wants to convince her that the people that are in jail would be more uh, respectable, productive people. Certainly not all of them would be. I mean, some of them are real They're criminals. They're in jail, jail for a reason. Right, and they, they wanted to hurt people. But there are those of them who, some of them, who are in there for nothing more than drugs. Or theft in relation to drugs, in that they needed money for the drugs. So it should be relatively simple to to show those comparisons you made with the legal products that are addictive and dangerous versus the illegal products. But the other the other side of this uh, issue is what about the people that aren't in jail that use drugs recreationally and are already members of society that are respectable? These are the people she won't come across in her daily uh, travels as a registered nurse. And thus, aren't going to be very motivating to her. It's true, but if you can point out, uh, you know, the fact that you know people in your life, perhaps without naming names, uh, you know, that I know people who are this and that and this, that use marijuana or that they snort cocaine or whatever it is that their illegal drug of choice is to show her that she's already surrounded by people who are in her own life that are recreational drug users and they aren't harming anyone. So it... That, Another thing that I think that is good about this, um, the situation, and that that's for the uh, the the author of the email, not for the uh, mother, mm-hmm. so much is that uh, he gets a chance to see how uh, you know, like we can libertarians have a tendency to vilify bureaucrats and uh, government officials, and his mother is now going to be a bureaucrat, and he's going to see that good people still can't make a bad system efficient. Mm, they just can't do it. They're, you know, she can work as hard as she wants, and she can do the best job. She can be the wonder nurse in there, and it's not going to make the system efficient or good or just or caring or any of the words that you would see that you would expect to see in the free market. It's true. The incentives are what matter. She, uh, back to Brad's email, he finally wraps up and says that she already understands that just because something's illegal doesn't mean people won't get their hands on it and usually will make people rich from creating a black market. So that's good. She's already got a grasp on some important parts about prohibition. Let's uh, just show her the rest of the picture. Uh, Thanks again for a great program and helping me spread the ideas of freedom and liberty to people who are close to me. Maybe I can get my mom to join LEAP uh, sometime down the line. That's LEAP, Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. Great group. Definitely worth looking into if you know somebody, a loved one or a friend who is a law enforcement officer or connected to uh, law enforcement. You want to turn them on to LEAP, uh, especially if they get the whole prohibition thing and are on your side already about ending the war on drugs. Leap.cc is their website, leap.cc. We are coming back with hour number three, and you can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching at hour three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com where all the features are totally free. Those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their sites. And we give hours away at freetalklive.com. Let's talk to Swampy. Your calls are the primary element of the program. Swampy, listening to KGEZ in Man- uh, Montana. Hello. Swampy? I appreciate you. Um, I listen to you. I'm on. 
uh, my original thought when I called, I don't call very often, but I listen a lot. Oh, no. Swampy's there was a gentleman that had called, and he was talking about what the definition of nation, uh, community, country, and all. You know, and uh, at my age, you know, and I'm worried about uh, how much how much grain to feed for the cattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not, you know, I mean, if, if you can't figure that kind of stuff out, I mean, come on. That's not as important. I mean, uh, I probably use this word loosely to say I love you guys, but I, and I do love all my brothers and sisters throughout the world. But come on, man, I'm wasting my time right now on the air talking about this stuff. And that, and that, that gentleman was too. I know he's a political science major, and that's wonderful. But come on, give me some issues to think about, uh, which you guys usually do, and some thing, you know, things to enlighten me. I, I don't care about stuff like that for crying out loud well, some people know, arguing but... about semantics some people think words are very important and mm. for instance i uh you know pointed out i don't like calling myself a libertarian anymore because the definition of a libertarian today isn't what it used to be in the past the definitions of conservative and liberal aren't what they used to be in the past so to some extent it is important to have these conversations about words and what they mean and you know making sure that you use the appropriate correct words lest other people misunderstand you and in the world but... that we live in I agree that sometimes uh, arguments about the definitions of semantic, you know, the semantics of words and, you know, these kind of things can be tedious. Uh, you know, I'm, I agree with Swampy on that. Oh, no, I agree with you, Swampy. It's certainly not the most persuasive of conversations, nor the most interesting. But at the same time, we all have to be on the same page as far as what it is we're talking about when we're when we're using terminology. Otherwise, we aren't effectively communicating. So if we use uh, words that we presume everyone understands, but people understand them differently, then we aren't effectively communicating. And if you're using a, a term and it just sails past somebody and they take it in as meaning what they believe it means, but you thought it meant something different, you did not get your message across to that particular individual. So even though I understand what you're saying, that you know, making sure the power bill gets paid is, is more important than uh, the terminology you use to pay it, at the same time, words are very important because they're the basis of communication. So I hope that makes sense. It does. I, you know, I, I like words myself. I, you know, I, uh, I'm just an old Montana boy, but I did well in English and literature, and I, I like all that. that. Words are fun because they describe things you can picture in your mind when people say it. But, uh, you know, to come on with that kind of stuff, I mean, really, uh, you guys, the time is precious when people come on the show. And uh, just like, I, I feel like I'm wasting your time right now to even discuss it. <laughs> well, no. it was obviously, now hold on a second, Swami. This could be evidence that even though you didn't find it the most interesting topic that's been on Free Talk Live, it was interesting enough to you to where you developed an opinion and you felt it was so important that you had to call in. You have to remember, most people won't pick up their phones regardless of how interesting our conversation is. So there was something so interesting about that particular conversation that you felt you had to comment on it. And now we've spent the last four minutes talking about it. <laughs> well, see, you made a point there. I now look what it. you've gone and done. You've brought it back to words, Swampy. Thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you, sir. 800-259-9231. Uh, hey, Mark, you've got a story. Let's get back to the issues. Uh, you've got a story about one of our favorite issues, and that is out-of-control cops. 
That's right. I'd like this to de- one was really thirsty. I'd like to dedicate this one to Swampy <laughs> from Daytona Beach, Florida. Hey, we do dedications on this show. <laughs> That's now, right. Huh? Well, you know, we, they, they say that in talk radio that essentially the um, every story and every caller is a new hit that you're it's spinning. The song. Yeah. yeah, it's it's, true. It, it's you know the, the idea of radio is to keep people listening so they listen to the commercials. That's all we're here for, people. We're just here between stuff between the commercials, <laughs> and uh, you know the the. the Swampy was uh, our last hit, and now I'm going to spin this one. And it was one of our advertisers that wanted to talk about the uh, the words. So, <laughs> blame Peter from Internobs.com. Okay. <laughs> he called in initially about it. Is it what did he? Yeah. <laughs> and hey, Swampy, if you're buying uh, thousands of dollars worth of advertising on the show, then you can really have some sway over what we talk about. I don't know if he's up to thousands, but he's certainly uh, being helpful. Um, thousands? Yeah, yeah, I guess he is. Okay, so, um, Daytona Beach, AP. An internal affairs report says Daytona Beach police officer demanded free coffee and tea both, <laughs> from, from a Starbucks and threatened employees Uh-oh. with slower emergency response times if they refused. Wow. AP, I'm not making this up. No, you can't make this up. <laughs> Lieutenant Major Gavin. That's the if, entitlement mentality, alive and well. Yep. Bureaucrats have it real bad, by the way. By Go the ahead. way, I think that this uh, gentleman's name, his first name is in fact Major. Okay. Major, major? No, it's Lieutenant Major. Lieutenant. <laughs> <laughs> so. Maybe, wait, Lieutenant Major, that would be his last name. Major would be his last, like John Major. No, no, G- Garvin is his last name. Oh, wow. Okay, so it's Lieutenant uh, Garvin, okay? <laughs> Lieutenant Major Garvin. This yes. guy was was born to be a cop, wasn't he? Well, that Daddy was probably a cop. He didn't make it to Major, though. If they have uh, the yeah. designation, it is above uh, Lieutenant. Um, Captain uh, Major Colonel. The, anyway, the um, colonels in the police. They they did in corrections. Really? Okay. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I mean, I it just... probably depends on the department and everything. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. So, so what does this jerk do uh, lieutenant. This guy's not small. Right. You know, he's not, he's not a little guy. Um, a 15 year veteran was fired July 8th, according to wow. the Daytona Beach News Journal. That's in fact the uh, newspaper over there. Chief Mike Chitwood says Garvin recently failed a polygraph test that he insisted on taking. Hmm. The coffeehouse's employees claim that since 2007, Garvin had visited the store as many as six times a night while on duty. Oh, my. Besides demanding free drinks, workers complain that Garvin also cut in front of paying customers. Oh, jeez. I can totally see this entitlement mentality in uh, in law enforcement. You know, you get it's all over bureaucracy, actually. It, yeah, it really is. You know, when here's here's a great example. People will call in, especially on Saturday nights when we have the uh, the uh, we're on more stations and and it's less of the uh, the choir listening and more of the uh, you know the rest of the folks out there, the rabble. Uh, they'll call in and they'll say things like, "Oh, I was in the military." And then pause, expecting you to praise them for it. Oh, right? thank you for defending my freedom, sir. And I, right. I don't that's have a cliche, a pro- and right. that's what they're. Expecting. I don't have a problem with, uh, you know, people got in the military. I just don't want you to think that you defended freedom. It, Sorry, you didn't. Right, you, you followed you, orders of right. politicians. You, you had a job, and that job was, you know, doing whatever the politicians told you to do. Told your bosses to tell you to tell you to tell to tell to tell to tell to tell you, yeah, what to do. So, no, you didn't defend defend freedom by 
you know, being well, over not, not in Germany that or whatever. Not all of them. And I don't mean Germany in World War II. I mean Germany now. Many of them will just say, I was in the military, because it's presumed that there's something wonderful inherently about that. Whether or not they were uh, defending freedom, that's certainly what they tell everybody. But there's something that, you know, they, they believe that right. elevates You're them more patriotic. There's this religion of patriotism out there. Um, and and, and I'm, I'm as much an adherent to it as, as, as anybody. I, I love America. But there's this religion of loving America out there where you can't even hear somebody talking out against the country without wanting to see them fry. You mean the if, government, talking out against the government. Right? right, the government or America, for that matter. Okay. I, I mean, if, if you want to put somebody in a jail cell or punish somebody for burning a flag... Unfortunately, you're not defending the principles of no. this country. You are a religious adherent. I don't like it. I think it's a bad idea. It would make me feel bad. Burning the flag. Yes, burning yeah. the flag. But I wouldn't put somebody in jail for it. I wouldn't beat them up for it. Nope. You know, I, there, there's, there's a, I, I don't think that there's much of a time or, nor place for such a thing. Perhaps that time and place is outside of this country <laughs> in an anti-America rally, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in some Islamic country where they say, get out, get out, America. Well, the attitude but, is this sort of expectant attitude that because they've worked for a bureaucracy, it's not just the military. I've heard this attitude from anybody that's worked in a bureaucracy before. I heard it when I was on the radio uh, here in Keene, New Hampshire, on the lo- one of the local shows in the talk station here. The attitude of one of the callers was, well, you don't get to say anything because you've never been in public service you've never been uh serving the community right if if you were serving me i wouldn't be forced to pay your paycheck i'm serving you but because i've never been a bureaucrat means my opinion is apparently worthless more coming up here uh, we'll get to the rest of this story about this jerk cop and take your calls about whatever That's you want pretty much the story Well, i've got something to say more okay. on the way it's free talk live This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Those features include live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both free for you at freetalklive.com. Travel less and meet online. Try WebEx free. Go to WebEx.com, enter the promo code 600, and you'll get to start your free trial of WebEx. That's WebEx, W-E-B-E-X.com. Promo code is 600 to start your free trial of WebEx today. Now, Mark, you were telling us a story about a lieutenant in the police force of, I don't know where it was. It could be your Daytona town. Beach. It could, yeah, Daytona Beach. But it I don't know anywhere. that it was, um, it was, it said it was from Daytona Beach. I don't know that it was, in fact, the, from the, the department. The point here is this could very well be the cop driving behind you where you are, because this attitude of entitlement, this cop went into the Starbucks, st- cut in front of people, and has been doing it for, what was it, since 2007, has been just coming in there and being belligerent and being a jerk about demanding free coffee and demanding free tea, cutting in front of paying customers, and just overall being a real jackball. And uh, this entitlement mentality is pervasive, from what I can tell, amongst bureaucrats. At least amongst bureaucrats that are kind of touted as 
the better ones, the police. We need our police out there on the streets keeping us safe. Or the teachers. We need our teachers to educate our children. Though I believe to some extent it is probably uh, a, a sort of endemic in the system in that what they tell these bureaucrats and what they really, some of them believe, is that they are public servants and they believe that they're doing something that's so necessary and so important, even if it's just collecting taxes or whatever minor role it is that they have in this the cog in the system of government. They believe that what they're doing is is needed and necessary and that because they've done it that the world is a better place because of it and uh, it's really important what their job is and so therefore they should be treated special and i think that's the attitude that we see from this particular cop and from uh from teachers especially and i'll give the example that julia gives me firefighters professional firefighters they have it too uh, absolutely. We heard it. We actually heard it last night when we were talking about the private firefighters, where the government firefighters. Remember, there's a difference. Government firefighters are technically pros too, right? So the government firefighters were getting all uppity because the private firefighters were out there, essentially showing them up. I mean, they, yeah, they didn't I don't like that. You don't. They don't consider a in the terminology. They would a professional firefighter would not be considered a private. A private firefighter would not be considered a professional. A professional firefighter is a bureaucrat. But wait, also. professional is you get paid. Understood. I, You're I, saying the bureaucrats wouldn't consider them professional, right? Um, you know, out, out there, do. out there in the nomenclature, how what, what one because the vast majority of firefighters in this nation are volunteer firefighters mm-hmm. that give of their time and and maybe get a small stipend, but. Um, you know they're looked down upon by the professionals because the professionals say, "Well, you weren't willing to make it. You, everybody wants to be a firefighter mm. and, and and be red and red, white, and blue, is tried and true like a firefighter should. And the only way to really do that is to work at a professional department." So I can't tell the story as well as Julia because she's the one that experienced this. But since she's not here, I'll do my best. She works for uh, Panera which is a great little restaurant chain. Actually, it's pretty big. I think they've got over a 1,000 stores nationwide now. But anyway, uh, she works for Panera as a, an assistant manager. And what they, you know, they, they, make, they make bread and pastries and things like that. And so at the end of the day, inevitably, there's going to be some stock that has not sold. And you don't sell it the next day because it's just too old, right? Right. So there are charities that will come to the business and they will request, you know, there's a form they fill out, well, we're this charity and we want this, you know, bread for this reason. And they come and they request these things. And, you know, that makes sense, right? right. Because it's just going to get thrown away. Sure, it's good to give it to charity. Well, right? there are also other people that come in to request these uh, freebies. And it turns out that a lot of them, a lot of the time, are teachers. Teachers will come in and act very, very rude. She says that the the most rude people that come in to ask for a handout, essentially, are teachers. And many times, they aren't even coming in looking for food for the kids. They're coming in to try to get some free bagels for their little teacher's conference. They're going to have some sort of meeting or something or like that. Or their meeting, yeah. Right, they're going to have some sort of meeting after school, and so they go in, and they, they essentially act all entitled, and they, they beg for food, uh, from the, and they feel like they deserve to get it because they're teachers. We're teachers. You should give us free food. And uh, you know what? I think th- I, I'm thankful for teachers and I'm thankful for the role that they play out there. But you know, to uh, if they don't get enough is what they wanted, they get all uppity and upset. 
you jerks, you're getting free stuff. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth, but they do. And they'll come back and they'll be uppity the next you know, time. I'm thankful for my doctor, and I'm thankful when he does a good job. I, I love the fact that he's there providing a service you for me. You pay him. But the guy wouldn't walk out and demand a bagel from for free from Panera. No. I mean, you know, and the idea is, is the teachers have propagated this, is that they just don't get paid enough. Oh, what and a bunch my of nonsense. God. They don't even work the whole year. They, they, they get paid a lot. Yeah. In a, a lot and of the towns. benefits. It, 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 it's, it's humongous. So, but, oh, there are teachers, Mark, and they, you can't possibly special. pay them enough. There's no way to right. pay a teacher enough right. out there in, in the, uh, you know, the, the world, and it's just not so. When a business. Here, if, you know, the, the idea that, uh, you know, if I sent my kid to some after school. Uh, thing where he learned art yeah. is he w- would the teacher of that class be considered the the uh you know the 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 saint that a regular teacher would you know just just some gal who has uh, art class in her house oh that kind of thing i see i yeah. thought you meant actually staying after school no not at the school okay. um you know maybe at a, a, a storefront or something like that but gotcha. a little would, you, would that would that person have no the she'd same? be perceived as a businesswoman right she'd be making money right, right. She, she would be a bad person likely she would make less money per year doing that job than a teacher would who knows whether she has another um you know line of employment or anything like that no Somehow, teachers, and specifically government school teachers, have been lifted right. to this, uh, you know, the, the sainthood out there, and it's just not so. Look at it in your lives, people. Look at it. These. These these people are they're just a business people they're they're, yep. they're they have a monopoly privilege on their own labor the the job that they have decided to do is educating kids are they good people I'm sure some of them are I'm sure most of them are um, but that doesn't elevate them to sainthood now I'll grant you that I wouldn't want their job in uh, dealing with children and I wouldn't want their job dealing with the bureaucracy in which they work but that doesn't mean that they're entitled to anything you know what's worse the stories get worse. Not only do they come in and they uh, they ask for handouts, and then they they act all entitled about getting the handouts, and if they don't get as big of a handout as they were hoping to get, they get all upset about it. Not only all that, but there have been times, apparently, when these teachers have come in, they've gotten a handout, and then they've gone to whatever event it was that they were having, and they sold that product at the event mm. and kept the money for themselves. So that's a huge problem. Because if they're representing it as Panera's food and they're selling it, then right. they're selling they're selling old day food. old uh, bread right from the, the you know the 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 place that uh, is centered around bread. You know Panera has you know their whole business model is a so, life enhanced by bread. Right. So they're hurting Panera's image by doing that, and Panera doesn't know what they're doing with the, the bagels. They're right. Not they're just giving the bagels to teachers. And and then the other side is that if they just come and they uh, they they sell these bagels without representing them as Panera, then they've been given all this free product, and that's they're doing business. Come in and order the damn bagels just like any other businessman does. When a businessman wants some food from Panera, he goes to the catering department and pays for the damn stuff. These bureaucrats are useless. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And all the features on our website, by the way, they're totally free, and those include the updates. If you get signed up, we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. I guess I was a little too harsh when I said that the teachers are useless. That's, I guess, not the right term. It's just that I'm so frustrated when I hear of this. I hear them exhibiting this entitlement mentality because you know they're passing that on to the kids that they're teaching. And they, they've, it's, it's pervasive, yep. I, I, I would say. That's say it's everywhere they could be uh very good i mean there could there are good teachers out there in the there's, government I, system i'm sure there's a lot of good teachers out there remember that um you know the government basically has a monopoly on education yeah. a darn close to it if you look at how uh, the percentage of children that uh get educated entirely by the government system. I'm sure you're talking about a, uh, a double-digit number with a, beginning with a nine. They um, certainly have a coercive control over the marketplace, no so, doubt. So they, you know, they, they have this huge number. So more or less, if you want to go into teaching and you're not of the religious sort, likely you'll go into teaching because you know people want to go into teaching for good reasons. Mm-hmm. Many, many, many of them want to go into teaching for good reasons. So they go in there. It's just that they're they're hamstrung by the bureaucracy. It's so difficult to get things done. Um, you know, they we'll have, they to have to teach to these tests. We'll and to you, we hear teachers complain about teaching to the tests all the time. Toby's girlfriend, by the way, is now in the system, uh, the government bureau- bureaucratic teaching system. And so maybe we'll have to ask Toby if he's got any stories that he can relay that he's heard from her. Because from what I understand, she's already begun to experience just how bad it really is. Because when you're on the inside of bureaucracy, man... Then you're exposed to everything, the inefficiencies, the absurdities, the just ludicrous system that the government bureaucrats uh, have to inhabit. It's very frustrating to those who want to make a difference, to those who have original ideas, to those teachers that come in thinking that they can change the system from the inside. Well, it's not that they even they even who cares about the system. They they want to just they just want to teach kids. Well, and they want to teach I mean. them they, well. They um, have and, innovative and, ideas right, that they, they want to introduce. Innov- innovative ideas, and, and they want to teach these kids. And, but and, they can't. No. They're prevented from doing so because of bureaucratic mandates that come from above that just don't allow for for that kind of innovation. And, and so, if and if they aren't prevented, their souls just sucked out. You know, they, in dealing with uh, with all the crap that they have to deal with, they it's just, so true. They just don't want to de- do it anymore. So uh, these folks, these folks, the better teachers could be. They could really shine, and they could really do some amazing stuff in the free marketplace. And come on in, ask for free food. You'll probably get it. Uh, just don't get upset if you don't get all the free food you were expecting to get. Oh well, that's the you, attitude you know, is amazing. That's just showing how uh, you know people and and some of the good teachers are going to be guilty of this just as much. Is when there's this conversation out there, this uh, sort of uh, you know the, this this thought, this pervasive thought in society that uh, you know public servants are important and teachers just can't. They're 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 laying down their life for the children. They just can't get paid enough. You know all that nonsense. Yeah. No, <laughs> teachers. You can see what teachers are worth more or less by looking at private schools and what teachers are getting. 
Here's an email for you. Let's go into a different direction. Uh, Brandy email. She says, I'm new to the libertarian movement, trying to absorb and process this information. I ended up getting into a discussion with one of my bosses about Ron Paul, and the conversation led to limiting the power of the federal government. My boss questioned me on what I thought would be one significant issue with the lack of federal government dollars to our country and the excuse me, the, to our county, and the York County Prison came to my mind. In case you are not aware, our county prison houses one of the largest INS detainee populations, which, as you may expect, is a multi-million dollar boost to the prison. My boss argued that without that revenue to support the INS program, our economy in the county would come to a halt, and over a hundred jobs would likely be lost, etc. I had no response for this and was unclear how to counter this argument. Any thoughts on this one? Well, I guess that what we'd have to do is take those hundred people that lost their jobs, we'd, we'd, we'd just have to take them out and shoot them. Because they'd never get another job doing anything else, um, you know, and their families would die. We'd have to kill their families, too. If Libertarians you... want to see everybody unemployed and dying. No, That's it's, not the case. it's ludicrous. Um, the fact is, I've had many, many, many jobs. I've actually been fired from a job before. Mm. Um, I've, I've been, I was let go of another, from another job because I was no good at it. I cannot wash dishes. Um, you know, the, the, and, and that's the way it goes. Uh, if, if, Damn, you are useless. What? I can't wash dishes? You can't wash dishes. I wash dishes fine. I just can't wash them in a restaurant where they need to be washed very, Quick. very quickly. Gotcha. And my, my hands, are, I have sensitive skin. <laughs> I, the, the, the hot water and the bleach. It's, uh, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, you know, the, these people would go on and get other jobs. Jobs would not be lost because jobs would be created. Money would not be taken away from people. There are, I don't know how many people in your town. Let's say 300,000. 300,000 people would not have the money from that was um, went to fund this INS prison from the federal government. Well, let's say it was a prison town, because she makes it sound like this is like a pretty instrumental portion of the town, this particular prison. I don't know what York, wherever York is, but... I don't know anything about it either. Uh, but let's just say it's like a prison town. So like 50%, prison 50% is, of the population works at the prison? Yeah, or for the related government. Did she say 100 or, people would lose their jobs? Yeah, over 100 So jobs. there's 200 people in the, uh, let's in, in just the say, town. Let's just say this okay. fantasy a government Winding town, it out here. It's like Stark, Florida. That, yeah, they essentially exist simply to imprison immigrants in this yeah. particular case. Well, uh, let's, um, let's move it to Stark, Florida. Have you been to this town? Stark is a prison. T- it's yeah. where the state is. I believe prison they're is. on high f- Highway 41 in uh, Florida, but they're, they're on some... Isn't it Waldo right nearby there where nearby. they have the speed trap? Um, nearby. Right. And, uh, you know, they're little nothing redneck towns um, that... You know, but yeah. basically they <laughs> they don't do that much there. Um, right. I, you know, I, I don't know what their major industry is besides prisons in Stark, Florida. And probably there would be some uh, migration out of some of those towns. Yeah, your town is a parasite town. I mean, your town exists because government... You, we don't know anything about York. This is a fantasy town. Okay, yes. this is a fantasy town, not necessarily talking about York, but a town where the economic hub is the government prison that arguably would not exist because it's a detainment center for the... Uh, the INS department or ICE. So your town exists because of coercion. How would things play out in the absence of coercion after we transition to a voluntary society? Well, it wouldn't all happen overnight. They would see it coming. I mean, people would start to change their minds about how they interact with one another and there would be some alternatives that would pop up. People would maybe go over in that direction. So it's not like this would all happen all at once. And I know that people want to, like, that's the situation they want to pro- 
purvey and right. present to us. So how would you deal with this? Well, well it won't all happen all at once. But here, here and but here's another thing elsewhere. to look at is if we could get government intrusion on a particularly uh, pervasive industry like, uh, say, the automobile industry. The automobile industry destroyed blacksmiths and farriers. These guys that used to put shoes on mm-hmm. horses. I mean, that's that was that was their business. Um, yeah. And these guys are all out of work. You know, what did they go on and do? I don't know what they went on and did. There wasn't a a huge news story about blacksmiths being out of work because of the auto industry. Do you think the government should have been involved Mm -hmm. um, getting rid of automobiles that, that enhance our lives so much because the blacksmiths could have lost their jobs? Right. So what do you want to do? Do you want to let the parasites keep their jobs or do you want to go to a free voluntary society? I mean, really, you get to choose. How do you like it right now? Because that's what you have now, and you're going to get more of it into the future. More parasites. That's what bureaucrats are. I mean, they may be nice people on an individual basis, but they don't provide products and services to a voluntary marketplace. The, the, the money that is paid to their paychecks is taken via stealing. Right. And so they're parasitic in that way. And as you say, Mark, these are people that can take other jobs There's in There's probably other a places. nicer way to say it, but uh, parasitic really sums it all up. These are people who can get other jobs in other places and it's no problem because the, the money that is being stolen to fund their jobs will still exist. That money will still exist. It's just that everyone who earned the money will get to keep it and decide what to do with it, which means new business will be created for those people to go and get those jobs. I'm sorry, but the fact that bureaucrats have jobs is not the reason to keep government around. Right. I'm sorry for those bureaucrats that they contracted with a criminal organization in order to get employment. And I'm sorry that they thought that they were going to have be, you know, be taken care of by that criminal organization for the rest of their lives. But if the criminal organization is dissolved for whatever reason, be it be it, you know, violent revolution or simply that people begin to understand voluntary interaction, That's the way the cookie crumbles. Maybe they can get some charitable help in the meantime or something like that from, you know, friends of former bureaucrats. They could just use those expensive paychecks they have. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you make it now at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. It's 1-800-259-9231. If you like Free Talk Live and you want to help us out, then shop with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. You'll get what you want. That is the products and services you're looking to buy. Amazon, of course, has over 41 different categories to shop in, including used items. So whatever it is you're looking to buy, they probably sell it. And you can get it at a really good price, free super saver shipping on a whole lot of items. Go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and start your shopping experience and feel good. Because not only will you get what you want, but you'll help Free Talk Live because we'll get a cut. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com as we go to Dave calling from Montana listening to KGEZ. Hello, Dave. Dave? Montana Dave going once. Hey, yo, how Dave. you doing? What's on your mind, dude? Hey, uh... The lady's theory about the prisons is the same reason why marijuana will never be legalized. What do you because mean? Because too many people, pensions depend on that plant being illegal. They, 12% of the government workers probably chase pot all, all year round. Putting, there's 880,000 people in jail because of it. Another 200,000 is clogging up our court systems. It's just, it's ludicrous. That well, never say never, Dave. I mean, the, the well, in, in the early 70s, 
In 72, they were saying it was going to be legal in the 90s, and the 90s was 20 years ago, and the 70s was 40 years ago. It's crazy. I know. Too much corruption. They they want it illegal because they make more money off of it being illegal. Oh, there's no doubt about that. I agree 100% that they have significant incentives to continue the war on drugs. However, I and think that it, the, I can't say never, Dave, because they that's... They've got the fear factor working in their, in their uh, corner, But too. why be so negative, Dave? I mean, what's the well, point of saying never? check it out, because I, I, I got uh, 379 signatures for the legalization of uh, medical marijuana okay. in Montana. That's pretty I good. I must have asked a thousand people. And you know Not what? Bad. When I asked them, their eyes opened up like half dollars, and they go, I just got a house. I, I just had a kid. I just got married. Uh, I don't want my name on a piece of paper. Oh, and I go no. to them, don't you? I say, don't, don't you understand? You live in America, man. Right. This and, is... and if you don't exercise your redress right here, you're not. Oh, gonna, you're going to take it away. And people are so and cowardly. If Look, they got to come out of the closet and and, and demand it, man. There's right. Eight hundred thousand people in jail. I agree by completely. My God, I, I'm I'm supposed to care for them and tell and. Because they're being persecuted. These I like, like the idea of like coming out of the closet. Prisoners. I, I, I think it's so sad because what you were signing was a petition that, uh, or you're getting asking people to sign, was a petition that would just put something on a ballot. It right. wasn't they saying they support it. They were to put their it. name on a piece of paper. Right, but the funny thing is, I mean, didn't, it, didn't they understand that by signing the petition, it was not saying they supported the issue, it was just saying they supported putting it on the ballot so people could right. vote on it. They I mean, that's not know. an endorsement. They, they, they're ruled by fear. Yep, it's and, so and sad. A, and another thing. Uh, the, mm-hmm. just, just the fact that so much money is being wasted and, and, and just going for, for frivolous and, and even supporting greater evil, man. You know, put the money on the table and use it for good. Well, the it, government can't do that. I mean, they... it's, only the, it's the right thing to do. Right. And, well, the right thing to like do is to let say, people keep their money in the first place, and then they can use it for whatever purposes they feel Seven people died on St. Valentine's Day, and the people got upset, and they made alcohol legal. Mm. How many people a year die in the drug war? Way the too many. The drug war was supposed to stop people from dying. Yep. More people die each year in the drug war than, 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 than you know... It's tragic. It's a total yeah, loss, it's and, it's, and there's no and and uh, there's no benefit that comes to it from anybody from those people they, dying. The government we just lose. Man, they make a lot of money. They well, take our true. tax money and chase after it. And, yeah. but they would have the money either way. But they'd take the money either way. I mean, either way, if the government, if the federal government decided to shut down the war on drugs tomorrow, they sure as hell aren't going to hand the money they back. They waste right? like ten grand chasing a guy to get like one ounce of pot from. You oh, know? it's crazy. And, and they get like they got uh, a six months. Uh, investigation they got 10 10 guys paychecks being paid dave i am with you man it is a look. crazy situation and i want to thank you for the call as always yeah 10 grand sounds kind of low actually i am uh, with him and that you know so sad to see people be so cowardly about their freedom it's like you know i don't even want to sign a a petition 
to put something on the ballot because you're afraid that they're going to investigate you for marijuana possession? Now, look, I understand that drug users can be paranoid, but that is the height of, of marijuana paranoia. I agree. Look, I agree that with that. They but are not going to investigate you for signing a damn petition about do you, marijuana. Do you think that investigating, uh, if, if you were a police officer and uh, you, you were on the vice squad, do you think that uh, getting that list and investigating those people, you would probably uh, reap a higher reward than going through the phone book? They're such small time, Mark. I mean, you're not gonna you're gonna find the casual marijuana they don't care smoker that whether way. they're small time or not. Yeah, they do. They want to go after big. Well, they busts. want big time, but right. they'll take small time. Not right, not so much. I mean, yeah, they went after Loretta Nall down in Alabama. She wrote an article, letter to the editor, drawing attention to herself in that case. But people just signing a petition that would be a total waste of time. What are they going to do? Stake somebody's living room out to see if they're smoking weed while they watch TV at night? I mean, that's pretty paranoid. It really is really paranoid stuff. But that's how people are because they're so scared. They see their friends being arrested. They see their friends being pulled over for marijuana and thrown in a jail cell and of course they don't want that to happen to them so they go completely underground and they won't even talk about it they won't even they don't even want to be seen as even supporting legalization measures and it's so sad and and i don't agree the one part i don't agree with dave is the, saying it'll never happen and there's no reason to just cross it off your list like that yeah it can happen change can happen change is inevitable and we can't it's have discouraging this it's discouraging but but if if what uh, dave suggested goes on, then we'll have much better chance, and that is coming out of the closet. If we can get these cowardly marijuana smokers to, you know, man up and find some courage and they come sure out, they the, sure aren't, and come out of the damn closet about it, you know, with with public uh, smokeouts or whatever it would take to show that there are responsible marijuana users all around the country in all manner of economic strata, and that their lives are not negatively impacted. Uh, by this drug, and even if they are, it's none of your damn business. So if people would come out of the closet, I think it would do a lot to change the common popular perception of what a marijuana smoker is. And I, I hope that perhaps, uh, you know, if we, if somebody else doesn't beat us to it, we'll do it here in New Hampshire within the next year or so, hopefully. I'm hoping that, you know, we can build off of our success earlier this year in having public gambling going on. Perhaps we can add a little marijuana smoking in public next year uh, as we continue to grow this movement of liberty-loving activists all here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State project i think it changes inevitable it's going to go in our direction and uh it, they're going to lose eventually i mean they've already some could argue they've already lost and they're just now going to have to figure out how to deal with that let's go to frank in new york you're on free talk live hello frank ah uh, good evening gentlemen hey, uh, what's on your mind? I, I found the discourse rather interesting regarding the teachers and the education question okay. i wanted to say this if you look at other countries in europe primarily germany france england uh and you look at certain countries in Central South America, such as Uruguay, uh, Argentina, Brazil, you'll notice that teaching requires a fairly high IQ in the university. And since those systems have subsidized higher education, uh, the, the intellectual level of the people pursuing that discipline is much higher than in the United States. Also, in Europe, the teachers are paid among the highest salaries, uh, and, you know, it, it's rather interesting. In the United States... So are you advocating stealing, well, Frank? Is that let what you're advocating? Explain this. In the United States, it's quite the opposite. Often those that go into teaching or education are among the lowest IQs in the university. And as a result, uh, we have a situation whereby many of the teachers couldn't even pass the competency tests that their students are required to pass. But our, but our schools are subsidized. 
Oh, they are. But the point is, in our system, not enough, Mark. In our system, uh, the economic incentive. Since we're, I'm not going to say we're a capitalistic system nor a socialistic system. I'm going to say we're a material culture. Okay. Uh, usually, the best and the brightest light bulbs tend to go, at least in material culture, where the most economic reward is. That isn't necessarily teaching, but if you look at the limited capabilities that the people in education have, by and large, and I'm not saying everyone, because some of the very brightest people are in education, but that's sort of the exception to the rule. Frank, are you advocating uh, theft? Are you He's advocating not. theft He's for teaching? No, 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 no. I'm just, system... I'm just clarifying a few points okay. when we look at the notion well, of education. Well, teachers should get paid what they're worth, and in the free no, marketplace, no, well, they actually, would get no, paid what they're worth. That's not necessarily true. In Europe and in other countries, I don't care what goes on in the Europe. wage standards. Right. In I'm talking system, about the free marketplace, they, Frank, and we're out of time. Thank you for the call shoot. tonight. Out of time. Sorry about that. Anyway, uh, I think that they would get paid what they're worth. I don't know right, if that's higher that or lower than what it, what it currently right. is. I couldn't tell you that, but I can tell you that some people would would very, very highly value education, and therefore the right. highest people, uh, you know, the best people would go into education, yeah, and, and I, some people wouldn't value right, it, I want the people that, would go in. I want people that want to teach to go into teaching, not people that want to make a lot of money. Uh, right? More coming up tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Let the market decide. See you then. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details.